I'm Dr. Rachel Griffiths, and I'm with my father and partner in aquatics. Dr. Tom Griffiths. Welcome to The Drowning Files, where each week we share a lawsuit we've been involved in or another true story with suggestions to learn from these tragedies to save lives. What case do you have today? This case is very interesting and, of course, very tragic. It occurred several years ago, and it actually went to a jury trial. Um, In the Northeast area of the United States, there was a town, a municipality, that had a lake and they fixed it up very, very nicely. They organized it very well and they actually called it a pool, but it was a person-made lake uh, and the residents of this municipality could go there for um, an inexpensive amount. Now, I have to say that this lake or pool actually was a hybrid. It was kind of a half lake, half pool, had very good uh, proactive prevention strategies in place. And um, they had the, uh, the lake very well marked and buoyed with deep water areas and shallow water areas and picnic areas and, and picnic pavilions. And they had a very good lifeguarding team they recruited their lifeguards from a local YMCA that had a rich tradition in competitive swimming. And they would recruit these competitive lifeguards for the summer to work at this lake. And they did a very good job training these lifeguards. And one of the things that I was impressed with is when they went from one lifeguard to the other lifeguard station at this lake, they would sprint down the beach to the to the next chair in order to get their heart rate up and their respiration rate up. And I was impressed with that. They had a lot of swimming uh, at the lake and they did an awful lot of work with rescues and resuscitation efforts. They practiced these things all the time. So the lifeguard staff seemed to be very, very well prepared to handle emergencies and they had managers and head lifeguards on duty as well. So that sets the stage. It was a well-organized swimming area uh, for the townspeople with a, with a good staff that is a highly trained staff of lifeguards and managers and assistant managers and so forth. So everything looked great. Now, on this particular day, a family from another country flew into the United States on a red-eye flight, got here very early in the morning, and then immediately joined another family that was hosting them, and they brought them to this outdoor lake to go swimming the very same day that they landed. Uh, They had, I should have mentioned this earlier, they had a system of checking to see that everyone could swim before they entered the deep water where the rafts and the slides were. And they would have to take a swim test and then they would have to get a wristband, which is great. You and I recommend this to all our facilities. Uh, water parks, lakes, and pools. And so they had this rule and they had signs everywhere around the lake saying you had to take a swim test and you need a wristband in order to swim in the area. Well, for whatever reason, 
this uh, boy who was about 12 to 14 years of age didn't get swim tested, didn't get a wristband. And his friend who lived here in the States um, said, let's swim out to the raft. Well, as luck would have it, the boy who was a member swam with his guest who just arrived in the United States and they swam together to the raft and the member who was used to going here and did in fact pass a swim test got to the raft, but his friend didn't. He almost made it to the raft, but he began to drown um, several feet short of the raft. The member of the, the, the friend, the member of the, the lake was jumping up and down and waving his arms and calling for a lifeguard to come and help him because his friend was drowning. And none of the lifeguards reacted to his panicking action on the raft. And as he continued to wave and scream for help, my friend is drowning, uh, the, his friend slipped underneath the surface of the water and sank to the bottom of the lake. So the child who lost his friend who just flew into the United States swam off the raft to the nearest lifeguard and said, my friend just went underwater by the raft. He was drowning. He slipped underwater. He's not there anymore. Please help me. And the lifeguard said, wait just a moment. Let me get my manager. Walked the kid who was reporting the drowning to the office where the manager was. And the, he said, my, you got to help my friend. He disappeared at this raft right there. You got to go get him. And the manager take that, took out a clipboard. He said, well, now let me get some information first. How old was he? What was his name? What color bathing suit did he wear? And the child gave him all of this information. But rather than going to the spot where the, this child pointed out, that's where I last saw him. That's where he went down. They said, okay, let's clear the lake. And they made announcements over the public address system. They got bullhorns. They blew their whistles. They cleared the lake. And then they searched the picnic areas. They searched the um, bathrooms, the parking lot for this child with the description that the friend gave him, even though he said, I saw him submerge at the raft um, and didn't find him. <clears throat> then as a last resort, they called the police. The police came in. They called the diving unit, uh, the dive rescue team. And uh, they asked the boy, the surviving boy, where did your last see your uh, friend go down? He pointed out to the raft where he was jumping up and down to alert the lifeguards. The scuba team went out there, went straight down, picked the boy off the bottom. And of course, by this time, he was dead. That's the case I have for you today, which I, I think you'll agree is highly unusual. So it's a case where they were following protocol, but a lot of people don't realize when you are around the water that you need to check the water first. So instead of going um, to the checklist or doing following protocol, always check the water first, whether you're a parent or caregiver or someone working at the facility, always check the water first. If there's something reported or if you have a missing child or lose sight of your child. Yeah. And so what we had was we had a drowning victim 
but the staff from the lifeguards on up to the top, to the manager, turned this into a missing person, uh, person's incident. Uh, they had a drowning victim. The kid told them it was, but, but this is a, you know, what we call the drowning D's. They, the staff were in a state of disbelief, denial, which led to a delay. And, and they, they fast forwarded to a more positive outcome. Oh, he must be missing rather than drowning. So they should have, as you say, gone straight to the, the water, listened to this child where they last saw the victim, but they deferred and mistakenly went to a missing person drill rather than a drowning drill. And, and this child might have been saved if they reacted to a drowning incident. Um, if they reacted quickly to that, he could have been saved. And, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a major error um, by all of those working that day at this particular lake. Um, this went on to a jury trial and and I gave my opinion uh, as to how the staff made a multitude of mistakes rather than responding to this drowning victim. And the jury verdict was was $10 million for the family. Now, having said that, I do know that there were several appeals on procedural type rules. And so I don't know if, in fact, the family received that award. I also want to point out something that was very coincidental and very interesting. I grew up on a lake just like this, actually very near to this, just north, several towns north. And the attorney who took my deposition and hired me to sue this lake in this municipality, his office loca was located right on top of the lake that I grew up on and was no longer there. And so where I first learned my water safety practices and skills um, was sold and turned into a development. They filled in this lake and it just so happened by coincidence that the, that the lawyer's offices who I was working for sat on where the lake was that I learned my foundation for water safety many, many years prior. And the, the strong coincidence here is if that lake where the drowning occurred used the same strategies that we used at that lake that was no longer there many, many years prior, the drowning probably would not have happened. Um, and so I used my experience from my original lake where I started working before I was old enough to be a lifeguard. I used those skills and those knowledges that I learned then in the case that happened more recently. And I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah.